are listening to Vantage Point Podcast, dedicated to giving godly perspective to everyday living. Let's get into this week's episode. What's going on and welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast, where we bring insight, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. I'm your host, Nick, and welcome to season four of Vantage Point Podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. If you've been with us before, welcome back. Uh, Last week, if you were with us, we did kick off season four with a new series called Back At It prioritizing our relationship in Christ. And I wanted to give a special thank you to Pastor Gerald Bitten for his time and his words last week to kick off this new series. We began uh, on last week talking about reprioritizing our relationship with Christ in the midst of transitions. And I encourage you, if you haven't heard it, go back and check it out. And I mentioned last week that season four of Vantage Point is geared specifically to helping us navigate some specific areas that that we see in our lives but we rarely talk about and I mentioned this last week that August just seems to be one of those months one of those transitional times of that we experience and I did a little more research and you know it's it's really a it's really a back and forth between August and March when you consider other factors weather time of year but when you think about it from from our perspective from a human perspective August it's just as transitional, right? We're shifting our lives back to things that we see as priority. We're getting back to normal routines coming out of summer, like with work and school. And we're all in this mode of transition where the things around us demand priority, right? Kids are back at school, which means that they got to make time for homework to help them uh, with that. I got to take them to practice, things like that. And when we get back to our jobs, you know, a lot of companies, this is they're wrapping, they're wrapping up their fiscal year. So tighter deadlines, higher demand on our schedules when it comes to that. But with all these shifting priorities, the question still remains. And we asked this last week, where does God fit in all this, right? And, and the truth is our relationship with Christ should always, and I mean always, take precedent in our lives. Nothing should impede it. And I think of this, I think of it like this. When we make something a priority, it's important, right? When we make someone a priority, that means they're important. So the question remains in this busy season, this season of transition, is your relationship with Christ a priority? Because no matter what's going on in our world, we have to work to keep that relationship paramount. And we're going to keep this series going today with part two of Back At It. And today, our focus is simple. Don't get it twisted. That's the message, episode two, part two of Back At It. Don't get it twisted. And the goal that I have for today and really that I feel that God has given me is that Jesus is the true priority. And when he is, everything else gains understanding. And I want to spend this episode in the book of Philippians, uh, more specifically in chapter 3, uh, verses 12 through 16. So let's go there. Uh, Philippians 3, verse 12 through 16. And it says, not that I have already obtained or I'm already made perfect, but I press on. If so, that I may be, that I may lay hold on that for which also I was laid hold on by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself yet to have laid hold, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and stretching forward to the things which are before. 
or in front of. I press verse 14. I press on toward the goal unto the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as are perfect be thus minded. And if anything ye are otherwise minded, that also shall God reveal unto you. Only whereunto we have obtained by the same rule, let us walk. And I know that scripture, we've heard it, we've heard, I press on toward the mark. We've heard it in different translations. It's something we quote, we post it. But but when it comes to this, this mindset of, of relationship, prioritizing that relationship, every point in this episode is going to start with don't get it twisted. And so for point number one, I want you to write it down. Don't get it twisted. To grow as a Christian, you've got to be in the race. And and that might sound obvious, right? Like, duh, I have to be in this race. But in reality, there's a lot of people, if we're honest, truly honest, that are trying to run in a race they never entered. And and, and they're trying to grow as Christians by, quote unquote, living a good life and doing what Christians are supposed to do. But they never truly become Christians in the first place. And we we even see this earlier in this chapter in verses four and six, Paul himself thought he was doing everything he needed to do in order to be pleasing to God. And, and, and he was sincere. He was dedicated, zealous, energetic. But the one major problem still re- remained. He was not genuinely converted to Christ Jesus. And, and Philippians verse uh, chapter three, verse four through six says this, although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. So Paul goes on to say in verse five, circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, uh, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law, a Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is the law, blameless. This is Paul describing himself. And, and by the standards of his world at that time, Paul's made it, right? He was successful. Uh, his family, Roman citizens, uh, he was a Hebrews of Hebrews, as he says. Uh, and today, you know, we would probably uh, compare Paul to like a blue blood, blue blood from a prominent family, distinguished pedigree, maybe an Ivy League school, graduated summa cum laude and all those good things. And, and now he finds himself, quote unquote, living the dream. I don't know how many times I've heard that. I'm just living the dream. Right. But after meeting Jesus, Paul realizes that what truly matters in this life and that all the other stuff does not compare, will not compare to the greatness of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And sometimes it's easy for us to drift. It's easy for us to fall in love with what we see in the world, what we see when it comes to culture. But it's helpful and vital to keep in mind these words of Paul, because when we quote unquote get back at it, when we focus back and prioritize that relationship to follow Jesus uh, and get into it, we understand that all other things have to come before, have to come after that. All other things flow from that relationship, and it's such an important principle because so many people think that just being sincere and trying hard is the way to be right with God. And Paul repeats it again in verse 12. He's speaking of his effort in this quote-unquote Christian race, this race that we're in, and he clarifies it that behind his effort is the foundational fact that he 
was first apprehended by Jesus. He says, I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. And it's interesting, the the, the phrase lay hold, it's, it's an intensified word, and all it means is to apprehend or seize something after a pursuit. And, and Paul says the reason he runs in this race is because Jesus chased him down, seized him, and put him in the race. Jesus had a plan and a purpose for Paul just like he has for you. That's the that's the beauty of prioritizing that relationship because you can grow deeper in it and you start to, to see the things that, that Christ has for you. And, and that same idea is reflected in verse 14. He says, the upward call of God in, in Christ Jesus. God's call almost always refers to his effectual calling of his elect, his chosen ones unto salvation. And we're saved because God called us to be saved. And and we've made the choice out of free will. We made the choice to be saved. And and it's, I love my big sports person. And so looking at this analogy, it's like if a coach calls a player and says, I want you to go into the game, right? I'm, I'm looking, I used to coach basketball. And if I'm walking up and down the sideline, I see a situation, I have a player, hey, it's time for you to go into the game. That player is in the game because the coach called him. It wasn't the player's necessarily own thought, I need to go in. It was the coach before him understanding that, you know what, I need you to come in and give your best effort because I I know what I have for you and I know you need to be in there. And, and, And if you've not had that lay hold of Jesus Christ, if you've not given your life to Christ, here's the truth of the matter. Don't get it twisted. You're not in the race, right? The Christian life begins not with the weakness of a human decision to follow God, but with God's effectual calling you and laying hold on your life. Because, you know, when we get to that moment of salvation, like we know it's a choice, right? We have to choose that. But there is something that God lays on us. And I love even when we think about Paul and, and his mission and his road on, uh, on the Damascus Road. It, it wasn't Paul saying, hey, God, I'm choosing you. It was God first saying, hey, Paul, why do you persecute me? And then Paul making the choice. Because, see, there's that there's that initial relationship, that, that initial feeling, that call that we feel in ourselves that leads us to accept Jesus Christ, that leads us to say, you know what, I need to lay this down to follow him. And that's where true Christian growth begins. The growth of us as Christians, we have to be in the race because we know that God has this this hold of us and he wants us and he desires for us to step into this race. And that should be all foundational to us. And I love even in this scripture that we're talking about that Paul, he speaks at great length about his confidence when it comes to faith. And he writes, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. And, and that what lies behind, Paul is, is laying out the first 11 verses of this chapter. He's talking about all of his accomplishments, his pedigrees, all the things he's done, all the people he knows. And and he realizes that in the light of Jesus, none of that matters. And when we get back into it, when we really prioritize the relationship and make it what it needs to be, we start to see that all these other things that we quote unquote prioritize or put ahead 
don't matter in the greater scheme of things because all that matters is Jesus. And that leads me really to point number two, because it's a hard thing to accept, right? Like everything we deem as important somehow becomes less important when we focus on Jesus. So don't get it twisted. Part of uh, point two, write this down, to grow as a Christian, you've got to have the proper attitude. And any athlete will tell you, we're going to stick with this sports analogy for a little bit. Any athlete will tell you, any coach will tell you that your attitude is often the difference between victory and defeat. I'm going to say it again. Any athlete will tell you that the difference between victory and defeat is your attitude. And a team that lacks in raw talent will sometimes defeat a team with more ability because they have the right attitude, right? Attitude is crucial in this walk. The Greek word translated to think or be minded is used 10 times in Philippians and even 26 times in the New Testament. Have this attitude in verse 15, it says. And since the theme of the book of Philippians Philippians is joy. There, there's, there's a definitive correlation between attitude and joy. Think about that. Two strands of Paul's attitude come through in these verses. He views Christian growth as a lifelong process, a journey. And we're going to touch on that a little bit later too. And, and so he has this attitude long-term. He's thinking long-term, but he also views the Christian growth as a thing that you can never say, I've arrived. Have you heard that before from somebody? Like, I'm I'm here now. I've made it, right? So we have to keep moving ahead. And I want to really get into those two areas, right? That long-haul thinking and that not-arrived attitude, right? Because it's all about attitude, right? And, and the biggest misconception is that Christianity is, is this, this snap finger thing that happens, right? And at this point in Paul's life, he, he's been converted for at least 25 years when he wrote Philippians. So, so really, there's no question that, that he was one of the outstanding believers of, of, of all times. We know that. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. We know the story of Paul. But yet over and over and over again, he reveals his mindset to us that he was still in the process. Again, verse 12, not that I have already obtained it, meaning I have not yet come to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings and the conformity to his death in a complete and total way. I don't regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. Twice he says, I press on the word press literally means to pursue uh, by way of its extension to persecute. Paul uses it really in his, his own way. He's still reaching forward in verse 13 as a runner. We just watched the Olympics. We're going to touch on that a little bit, but stretching toward the finish line. Paul's been at this for 25 years and he still says, I haven't arrived. How many people do we know? How many Christians do we know? 30, 40, 50 years that will still say, I keep praying. I keep pressing. It's not an overnight thing, people. It doesn't happen like that. We have to keep pressing. We have to keep pushing. The Christian life isn't a 100-yard dash. It's a marathon, right? We need to have the mentality of long distance. I remember in high school, I ran cross country. I didn't run track. I ran cross country. And if you ran or seen a cross country race or even some of the races in the Olympics, some things are long right? It's a journey. It is not a 100-yard dash where it's over in nine point however seconds. Like, it is a journey. It's a lifelong, and it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, 
five years, five minutes, you can't start thinking, oh, I don't need to grow anymore. I'm good. I've made it. You know what, Jesus, I, I think we're good. I've, I've reached that point. I think we're good now. No, 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 no. Like, it's a long distance marathon. There's a continued attitude that we have to have. And if we take the attitude that I've arrived, we'll, we'll be so twisted up. We're, we'll think that there's a limit to our, to our relationship with Christ. And really there is no limit. We can get as deep as we want to. We can continue to grow, continue to build, continue to have the attitude that, you know what, this Christian growth is lifelong. And that's so crucial because we all have the tendency, especially in our world now, 2021, I've heard it said this way for, for almost probably two decades now. We're in this microwave society, right? We want it now. We want it fast. We want it quick. That's how everything was. If I'm hurting, I want to be over it quick. If I'm happy, I, I you know, I, I want to continue to move. I want to get grow, get the money fast. I want to move up in the company fast. I want to do all these things quick. I want easy fixes to my problems, and I want easy solutions to my dreams. That's what we want, right? And we get into this moment because we we think like it's just going to happen. And especially when we get to Christ, it's like, I, I got saved. I should be changed. Like, no, 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 no. There's a process to this. We said this before. I've said this many times. Like salvation is great, but it's the first step of your relationship. And, and, and when you think about like the way that this goes and even thinking about the not having arrived attitude, right? That that it, it's this, if anyone thinks like I've arrived, it, it would have been Paul. When we think about it, like Paul was preaching right after, soon after Damascus. It wasn't that long after that he was on the road preaching and and and. and speaking the gospel to people, right? But keep in mind, like he wasn't there yet, but he could have acted as if he didn't rest on the Damascus experience. He didn't rest on the fervor and the, and the power of his letters. This is a man who literally had numerous visions of God. He, he, would be, he, he had been caught up in heaven and seen things no other person had seen it in his time. And even now, He's written some of the most profound theology ever written. But his attitude, I need to keep moving forward. I need to keep pressing. I need to keep pushing. Even in his last days in Rome, in the dungeon, he wrote to Timothy asking him to bring his coat. And he says, and the books, especially the parchments. This man was facing execution and he wanted books so he could keep growing. Think about that. And in verse 13, we see that. Notice, I do, that it's in italics in, in, in most translations, meaning that it's not in the original. The brevity of Paul's phrase in Greek, and I read this, makes it more emphatic. But one thing, Paul's single attitude of always moving ahead has three ramifications. Forgetting the past, reaching forward to the future, and pressing on in the present. Like, think about that for a minute. Could you forget what you've done, press, reach for where you're going, and press in the moment? Like, that's the Christian walk. That's 
reprioritizing your relationship with Christ, forgetting what you've done, forgetting where you've been, forgetting the the growth, because that again, every day is an opportunity to grow. But then I'm also I'm also reaching forward to what's to come. I'm reaching for that. I'm reaching for that moment. I'm reaching for that day. But then in the moment, in the present, I continue to press. And I just want to read this. It says an attitude of moving ahead from the past leaving it there, forgetting what lies behind. The picture, again, is a runner who doesn't make the mistake of looking over his shoulder. I remember running cross country, and we would. there was always a straightaway at the end. There was always 100 yards or 50 yards or 200 yards, like straight away to the finish line. And our coaches would always say, don't look back. Don't look behind you. Don't look who's coming up behind you. Just keep running. Put all your effort, put all your energy into reaching what's ahead of you and staying present in the moment. Keep pressing. Don't look back. And many Christians today, when we think about it, we're told that to experience healing from difficult past, we need to delve into the past and relive those hurtful things. And this approach has come into the church from the world but not the word. And it would be wrong to say that verse 13 is all the Bible says about the past. Earlier in the chapter, Paul's mentioned his own past life in Judaism. And it can be helpful to reflect on what happened to us in the past in order to understand where we are at in the present and where we need to grow. There's always a biblical case for self-examination, which means evaluating the things that have happened in the past, both good and bad, as a means to growth. But our text, and this text specifically, talks about a balance, right? Paul means that that we should not be controlled by our past. We can re-examine it and we can have awareness and understanding of it, but we're not to be controlled by it. And some, I've even heard it this way, like looking at a car's rearview mirror. Like you don't drive by looking in the mirror. You drive by looking ahead out of the windshield. But it's helpful to look in the rearview mirror and the side view mirrors to understand what's around you, where you've been, and how you can safely drive into where you're going, right? But if you spend too much time looking in the rearview mirror, guess what? You're going to crash because you're not paying attention to what's in front of you, right? And, And an attitude of moving toward the future, aiming for a goal, reaching forward to what lies ahead. Paul uses a term describing a runner, Uh, who stretches and strains every muscle as he runs toward the finish line, right? That's the attitude of moving forward, moving toward the future. But even going a step further, an attitude of moving ahead in the present, keep moving. I press toward the goal, Paul says. Paul had a holy dissatisfaction with where he was at, so he kept pressing. So I'm going to encourage you right there. I just feel it right there on the God. Be discouraged where you are in Christ right now. Like, think about that for a minute. How deep you are right now, be discouraged because you can press on and get deeper. Be discouraged. Like, you know what? I I know where I'm at. Acknowledge it. Examine it. But know that there's more to this. There's more to this. So if I'm praying now, pray more. If I'm reading the word now, read more. If If I'm worshiping now, worship more. Because there's always deeper. There's always more we can do. There's always a push we can get. That the depth of the relationship with God 
we have not even touched the surface in our lives. We can continue to press, continue to push another level of anointing, another level of relationship with him. And, and Paul says this in verse two, uh, sorry, verse 12, he says that he is not perfect. But in verse 15, he says that he and some of his readers are perfect. He isn't contradicting himself within these verses. He just means that absolute perfection is not attainable in this life. We know this, right? We're not perfect creatures, right? But in the word, but what he uses in verse 15, it's relative to mean mature, right? We can become mature in our walk. We don't become perfect. We can become, we can become mature Christians in that walk. And, and, and it's funny because Paul recognizes that, you know what, some people won't share his attitude because they aren't mature. Let's just call it what it is, right? In everything we see, we know immature Christians. We've met them. Sometimes we've been them. Let's be honest. We've been them. And, and, and we continue. But how do you break immaturity? You remain teachable. A sign of immaturity could be I've arrived. It could be I don't have to reach for this. I'm good where I'm at. That's immaturity, right? But spiritual maturity tells us that we can keep pushing. We can keep growing. We can understand to have a teachable heart. And all that means is the hum having the humility to say, you know what? I might be wrong in this. I might need to continue to grow. I haven't arrived yet. That's the sign of a mature and teachable heart, right? It's submissive to what God has for us. It's submissive to understand that I can go deeper in this relationship. I have not arrived, right? And, and for my third point, I want to just say this right here. Don't get it twisted. To grow as a Christian, you've got to have the proper effort. And we've been talking about attitude. We've talked about effort a little bit, but we need to understand the balance of God's word. And, and some say, you know what, we God is sovereign and we don't need to do anything or it's all up to us. Right. And, and, and there's a scripture says um, God is at work in you. So you work. Right. It's both and. Or not either or. Right. And, and some say that effort on your part shows that you're in the flesh. And if that's so, then Paul was fleshy because it's clear that he was pressing on, he was reaching for it. There's something he's doing. There's an action that he's taking in this walk with Christ in this journey, right? And what we know and what I love about God, that the Christian walk, the journey we're on, the relationship we're growing deeper in, it's an active cooperation with God, right? Paul says this, verse 13, he implies focused concentration and effort, not just sitting and waiting for God to do something. It's an effort, right? And, and we continue to do that, right? A, a race, again, we're going to continue to stay in this, this race, this runner um, in, in a race, right? They don't just don't sit there and admire the scenery and look at the people. You know, when it comes to Olympics, you know, they're just not standing at the starting line waiting for somebody to move them. No, there's an effort that has to take place. There's a push. There's a press that has to take place. And, and we have to understand that the way that we push ourselves, the way that we we continue to grow and continue to press um, it is so vital to that relationship. And, and, and I want to really get to this moment. I, I, I just have this thought um, as we kind of wrap this thing up when it comes to holding on to things. Um, for whatever the reasons are. And I, I was doing a lot of research and, and I was reminded of the movie, Disney movie called Up. And if you haven't seen the movie, I'll try to break it down for you. But it's an older gentleman. Um, he continues to associate his home and all of its contents um, 
as priority for him, right? But as the movie goes on, it clearly begins to weigh him down. He he's literally taking everything with him, the house, the everything, and it's slowing him down and it's hindering his mobility. I want you to hear me. He's literally taking it everywhere with him. But when he sees a moment that his friends are endangered, he doesn't hesitate to throw it all away as he sees what truly matters in this life. And what life-changing moment have you maybe experienced that make you realize what truly matters in this life? And when we talk about effort, like there's, there's an effort. We make so much effort to hold on to what was, but how do we make the effort and flip that to what's to come? Where are we at now? How do we make the effort, drive the effort to be there? And I want to leave you with this closing thought as we, as we close out episode two. Our relationship with Christ should be the highest priority. And Paul tells us this throughout this passage. I want, I want you to hear these words again right from the text. Verse 12, I press on. Verse 13, I reach forward. Verse 14, I press on toward. And, and you know, we, we talked about the Olympics earlier, and, and the track and field just continues to come to mind in this episode for me. And, and I encourage you, go back and watch some of the footage of the track and field athletes. Doesn't matter the country, doesn't matter who you're rooting for, but go and watch and ask yourself, what does it look like to press, to reach forward, and to press towards something? Watch the intensity that they have. Watch their focus that they have. Watch their effort and their attitude when it comes to the race. Because I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what country they were from. It doesn't matter what place they were in. They are all pressing. They are all reaching. And they are all moving toward the goal. Now ask yourself this question. Does my effort in relationship with Christ match their effort in relationship to a race? Does my does my race of relationship resemble that? And, and don't get it twisted. The truth is none of us, and we talked about this, none of us have quote-unquote arrived. Doesn't matter how far or close you are to Christ in this race, I'm telling you, keep running, keep pressing, keep pushing, keep going. Because the end of this race is when we're in heaven. But until then, we still have a race to run. Nothing can get in the way of it. Nothing should be priority among, compared to the priority of Jesus Christ in our lives, in that relationship. Don't stop at salvation. Don't stop at a baptism. Don't stop at, at a blessing. Don't stop at an answered prayer. Don't stop at, at, at any other point. Keep pressing keep pushing, keep moving forward because God deserves it. He requires it and we need it. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you right now for this, this moment. Father God, I give you all the honor and praise right now. And even as people are listening, Father God, I just continue to pray for them. Father God, I continue to ask you to seek um, them out. Father God, lay hold of them. Father God, show them who you are. Father God, and even in the midst of that, Father God, I, I pray that they make the choice not just to be saved by you, Father God, but to have relationship with you, Father. And, and I just ask, even in this moment, as we just come together, Father God, for those that are listening that may not know you, 
that they get to know you, Father God. And I'm going to ask if you're listening and you want to make Jesus Christ your, your Lord and Savior, repeat after me. Dear God, I thank you for my life. I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm struggling. And I know I haven't arrived. But I'm declaring today that I want to enter the race. I'm declaring today I want to press on in this race. I'm declaring today that you are God, that you are Lord, and you are Savior. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for being ahead of me. Thank you for loving me. It's in Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, let us know. You can go to our website and, and just let us know. I want to connect you with resources. I want to continue to encourage you during this walk because you just entered the greatest race that you could ever possibly enter into. And like I said earlier, it's not a quick race. It's a marathon. It's a lifelong journey. And, and don't worry because we're going to get you right. We're going to get you with people. Stay connected with Vantage Point Podcast. I'm telling you, we're going to continue to talk about these things. We're going to help you run that race and we're going to be there every step of the way. And I want to encourage you to come back next week for part three of Back at It, prioritizing our relationship in Christ. And remember, continue to seek insight, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God, it's going to change your life. We'll see you next week on Vanish Point.